Welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast, the original post-game podcast of the Phoenix Suns. We are proud to be brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. That's something new, Matthew, that we have going on. Uh, we've joined the Basketball yeah. Podcast Network. Uh, we've partnered with DraftKings. We have some really fun and exciting things happening for the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So if this is your first time listening or watching us, we appreciate it. And God damn it, Matthew, I wish it was on better terms. Phoenix Suns lose to the Boston Celtics. They now have a record of, what, 16-9. and They're no longer the top seed in the Western Conference. And after the last two games, they don't even look like the eighth seed in the Western Conference. No, they um, – I, you know what? Even after last game, I was like, there's going to be a good game tonight. There has to be some kind of bounce back. It's not – it might not be a win. It might be something of a close game and maybe a loss close at the end and maybe Tatum hits a buzzer beater, something crazy like that. That's what I was envisioning. Yes. This is this is crazy. Uh, three out of the last four they've lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did join the new network. You would think we'd be a better team for that, but no, it doesn't affect them. It just affects us. It doesn't affect you listeners either. You get to listen to us after every game, but this is we're not going to have any fans left after games like these, right? It's tough, man, because there's a lot of questions surrounding this team. There has been for quite some time. Cameron Johnson's injured. Did Monty will does Monty Williams coach this team effectively enough at all times? Did James Jones provide the Phoenix Suns with enough enough assets to be successful? And when you take a look back, as you mentioned, Matthew, prior to losing three out of their last four games, this team's sitting in pretty good shape. You know, again, atop the Western Conference, they they look to be playing as a cohesive unit despite some injuries. But there's been some question marks and some things that are starting to kind of arise and and rise to the top, if you will, to all sons' minds. All of the things that we've been thinking in the back of our minds we're now seeing on the court. Lack of energy, lack of cohesion, lack of uh, a true leader at times. You know, not to say Devin Booker isn't, but, you know, Chris Paul comes back in this game. And and to your point, Matthew, going into this, you think you're you're feeling good, right? You were feeling like this is going to be a good game. And my night kind of started off shitty because I, I finally broke down and I watched the first episode of the Hard Knocks, Arizona Cardinals. And I got like halfway through the episode and I just got mad because like I, the reason I haven't watched Hard Knocks for the Arizona Cardinals is because it frustrates me. I care about that team so much and I know what the story is yeah. going to be. And that's the frustrating thing about the Suns right now is I kind of feel like I know how the story is going to go for about the next month because we have a really interesting schedule uh, ahead of us. It started with Dallas on Monday. We got the Boston Celtics who crushed us on national television. And then we go into the New Orleans Pelicans games. And guess what? They're just the hottest team on in the entire NBA. Cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Championship contender after championship contender. Uh, championship contender. Boston's a real team, man. They're strong. They're everything oh, the yeah. Suns aren't right now. They, they were talking about Boston is basically what the Suns were last year. Yeah, but they're... Yeah. They got some players on there that are fuck you players and they'll they'll mess you up, man, big time, and they'll ruin you early in the night. And then when the Suns get down, they are down for good. As of this year and last year, that's when they get down, dude. They do not come out of it. And I don't know what that is. That's a great observation. And again, I think that you know the, the challenge that we're gonna have after playing championship contender after championship contender is we're going to start to look at organizationally what can be done. And I think that we're already there and it's only been two games into this. So yeah. at some point we have to you know, recognize 
long-term greed versus short-term greed. This is a two-game stretch for the Phoenix Suns, but it's been a bad two-game stretch. It's yes. been a bad four-game stretch. They have one stretch, one game where they crush the Spurs, but they're the Spurs. The Rockets beat them. Dallas beat them. Now Boston. They go out and beat them. So plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm going to do my best not to cuss in this one. Because I am full of rage right now, Matthew. I'm so pissed off. I'm going to do everything in my power not to drop F-bombs, not to really, you know, say some of the things I was saying after that Mavericks game. I was just, uh, I was really, really frustrated. Well, you've had some time. I mean, this game was over going into halftime. Oh, yeah. So you've oh, had yeah. some time to chill. To decompress. If, if we would have had a halftime show, it would have been a different kind of thing, Ooh. dude. Ooh, 100%. So, We'll talk about plenty on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Uh, again, it's a joy to be part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Sorry we don't have a great one to start with, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pop open a beer, Matthew. I've got this uh, this 12-ounce. It's called Depression. I'm just going to drink Depression uh, for an hour. I don't know if it, I think it's a, a it's it's like a cider IPA. I don't know if that's real. So what are you drinking, Matthew? Water. Okay. Well, pop them if you got them, Suns fans. And welcome to the Suns Jam Therapy Session. Cheers. Rough one in Phoenix tonight, a rough one in Phoenix indeed. The Phoenix Suns end up losing to the Boston Celtics by a final score of 125 to 98. And it wasn't even that close. It was a 29-point blowout at the hands of the Celtics. The Phoenix Suns were down at one point by 45 points in this one. Which brings me to my first question, Matthew. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, have you ever seen a team pull its starters with five minutes left in the third quarter? Ooh, no. Um, no. I feel like I keep hearing, though, this is the worst Suns loss I've seen in a long time. I feel like we've heard that a few times, like recently, where it's just it's kind of a thing. I know we were talking about Kobe and Shaq maybe a week ago playing for the Suns, but... It just seems like every time the Suns do lose, and especially if it's against a good team, it's like, oh, this is the worst loss I've ever seen that the Suns have ever taken. And it could have been. It probably was. Uh, the reasoning for it, there's a lot of different reasons. But this was bad. Um, it got to the point where you have your fans booing you going into halftime and then mm -hmm. the Celtics fans cheering, let's go Celtics. And yeah, Fuck Boston, dude. Terrible place to live. Of course they're going to come here and live in Phoenix. So it's a compliment. We have all these people from everybody everywhere else because this is a beautiful place to live. But it has to happen tonight where the Suns just get cruised by by the Celtics, dude. That was awful. Just something I would never want to see again. But it might happen a few more times. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll preface everything with this. Okay, Suns fans. For those of you who haven't watched much Boston Celtics basketball and I'll admit I haven't, but I, I see highlights, and obviously I listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, which is kind of a national podcast for the Boston Celtics. 
this team's really, really good. We need to understand that. This is a team that leads the league in three-point shooting. They shoot 40% from beyond the arc as a team. What they say, they have three or four players, maybe five, who shoot over 43% from beyond the arc. They're number one in the league in free throw shooting as well. I mean, it's a team that just shoots lights out. And we saw that tonight. It felt like, you know, don't get me wrong, the Suns had their droughts, but the Boston Celtics shot 48.5% from the field, 35.6% from beyond the arc. The Suns shot 39.8% and 25% respectively in those two categories. So they they were not doing a good job in any way, shape, or form shooting. You take a look at the offensive rebounds. They ended up uh, going over offensive rebounds against the Celtics. But you really have to take a look essentially at like the first three quarters in this game because the, the last quarter didn't mean yeah. anything. You know, the first three quarters, the Phoenix Suns shot 16.7% from beyond the arc, 4 of 24. The Boston Celtics were 13 of 33. You look at those offensive rebounds. They had nine, you know, the Suns had nine. So second chance points in this game overall, I'm going to pull up that stat real quick while I'm talking here, uh, 21 to 16. But what the Suns, so so I'm, I'm going to start with that. I'm going to give my flowers to Boston. Boston is a really, really good team. And you mentioned it. They're very much like the Phoenix Suns were last year. The, the Bally Sports team put that graphic up on the television set. And they even said that, you know, you look at these two teams between through 25 games last year, the Celtics were 20 and five. The Suns were 21 and four last year. It's that shit. We just lost. Man, there's my first cuss word. Put that in the jar. Uh, fuck the jar. I'll say what I want. But the Suns last year and the Celtics this year were both teams that lost the NBA finals and came out determined. Now, all of that being said, all of that being said, the Suns played like ass tonight in every way shape or form there's two things you can control two things you can control you can't control the opposition you can't control the weather you can't control the traffic on the way to the arena i tell this to my team all the time at work there's only two things you can control your attitude and your effort and both of those were dog shit tonight from the phoenix suns absolute and utter dog shit and i'm gonna do the same thing that i did against the, the Mavericks, I'm going to start with the same observation and the same drop, if you will, because it all starts right here. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. Monty, Monty Williams, coach of the Phoenix Sun. Starts with Mont, man. Mont's the one who's got to get this team up. Mont's the one who's got to get this team ready. And I get it that Monty Williams is out there missing every shot. But at the same time, he's not doing anything. I haven't seen anything over the past two days to give me faith in, in his ability to get this team ready for these big games. I don't know what he's got to do, but he's got to do something, bro. Yeah, but what is what does he do? Um, I mean, look at Haydot Zero says soft ass coach. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know what he does. Who we have out on the court tonight is who we have. It's up to Chris Paul and Devin Booker to lead that team. Of course, there's plays run and all that bullshit and like players have to follow through with that. Other than that, players need to be held accountable by themselves, by the players out there like Devin Booker and Chris Paul that can lead them. I don't know what he can do with adjustments and stuff like that to teams like this. I really don't because I don't have any idea. Anytime you hear a little snip of like a, uh, any kind of talk out of the huddle from like TNT or something, it's like, whoa, I didn't know that. You know, like the tiniest little fraction of what these guys actually talk about in the locker room or on the court. 
it's like, dude, I had no idea you were trying to do that. I didn't even realize that's even part of the game because we just don't know as fans. We really don't. So I guess we can go out at Monty a little bit. Um, I don't know what kind of adjustments you want to make. I just think it's it's a team that's played the same. And when it comes down to the last three seasons or so, or last two seasons, to where you play soft against teams like this, it goes to the coach because that's the first one to go, right? Mm-hmm. The coach is usually the first one to get to get screwed, to get canned. So I'm not saying that Monty's going to get fired, but he's the next, he's the first one up. If things don't work out, and somehow in the playoffs we end up losing the first round, or we just go through a skid and we can't get who we want in the trade deadline, it's going to Monty's going to be the first one that's going to be off this team for sure. And I think if you go up and down the lineup tonight, I mean, we can question the attitude and effort of everybody but Josh Okogi tonight. I mean, you honestly can because you're seeing it on Twitter, and Twitter was a dumpster fire tonight. And, you know, I was there for it. I was I was contributing to it myself because I was pissed off, especially in that first half. I thought DA, who had a great opportunity to play against Blake Griffin, wasn't playing aggressive, and he was bringing the ball down every time. I think Devin Booker – this has happened for like three straight games where everything is short. Yeah. Devin Booker in the last two first quarters is two of 15 from the field. He's shooting 13% from the field. Everything he's shooting is short. I think that Chris Paul's, you know, poor Chris Paul, this is his first game back and he came out and the, and the, the office was kind of humming a little bit when he was out there in that first quarter, he had two points. He had three assists. He played seven minutes, but the moment that they took him out of the game, that team forgot how to play. I mean, they, they, it was what, like 13 13. Chris Paul comes out the game, and the final, uh, uh, however many minutes, the, the final core, score in the first quarter is 31 to 21, Boston. And here we go again, another game where we have to dig ourselves out of the, of a big deficit early. And to your point, Matthew, this team, and, and part of this is the fact that Chris Paul hasn't been there, but this team doesn't know how to get itself back in those games. They don't know how to truly dig themselves out of those deep deficits like they did last year, right? Last year's team would just methodically just keep coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. Boston was a team that kept coming at you, coming at you, coming at you tonight. Yeah, well, Boston's a team that they have all the right weapons to really carry that lead and make it go to, what, 30 points, 40 points in this game because they have guys like Tatum Mm -hmm. and Brown where you can't, you can't really cover them. They're long. I mean, Tatum, he's like a booker, but long, like super long, obviously taller. So his shot, everything is a lot easier for him. You can switch league and switch Mikhail, Kogi on him. It doesn't matter. He shoots over them. So you can't stop that. So when you're going up against a team like Boston, it's like, how do you get back into it? Great defense, but you can't stop those two. You just you just can't. They're unstoppable. That's why they couldn't are the way anyone. they are. They couldn't stop Brogdon. They couldn't stop no one. fucking Blake Griffin even, from beyond the arc. Yeah, even guys coming off the bench, they couldn't stop them under the under the rim. Any kind of putback, rebounds. I mean, shooting eight percent because Akogi gets the first three uh, in the first in the first half, eight percent. So I, I just I think what what the Boston Celtics are, they're obviously the kryptonite to the Suns, like the Mavericks were in a way. But the Mavericks, they get hot and you can't stop them. But the Only Celtics themselves, us. the Celtics themselves, I feel like they get in the Suns' head. They have players like Williams down there who is just bodying Aiden sometimes, and he pulls out like the you're too small thing, and it's just. I feel like every time Aiden or anybody would get the ball against like a Blake Griffin or Williams or anybody in the post, it would be mentally hard for them to get past that obstacle to where they're just like, 
I don't think I can finish against this guy. I don't think I can get a good shot. And a lot of them were clanking off the back of the rim. A lot of them were just chucked at the rim. So it was, a it was the same game. thing as the Mavericks game, dude. It's like I was literally watching the same damn thing. The only difference is as you watch the Boston Celtics play, you're like, damn, that's an efficient, good, high-quality scoring team. When you're watching the Mavericks, you're just watching Luka uh, just frustrate the shit out of you. And then his guys, like you said, all get hot all around him. But you take a look kind of up and down the the lineup it's got to start with book big dick booker i mean this felt like a game where booker didn't want to play because he was just getting pwned if you will he ends with 17 points on six of 17 shooting so not efficient in any way shape or form three assists five rebounds has the five personal fouls and you know, this is this is the challenge that I think the Suns have right now. Is for 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 a week there, he found his Robin, and the Suns were playing great. And and Devin Booker, well, I guess it should be more eight and watch stuff, but I'll start with Devin Booker. He's got to find a way to be a little bit more efficient. And I get it; he's had a couple off nights, and it's part of the regular season. There's 82 games, and you can't sit there and go, you know what? This is what predicates the remainder of the season. But he's just having an off stretch right now, man. You just got to call it what it is. And and that's where cerebrally he needs to understand, stop fouling people, start to get DA involved a little bit more if you can. Start relying on his on his his fellow teammates. And he did to a certain extent. I'll credit him for that. He was making the right plays. He was re- making the right pla- passes. But they weren't hitting anything either. I mean, Mikhail Bridges, for example, uh, in the first half or, or the entire game was 2 of 12 from the field. 2 of 12 from the field. 0 of 5 for Mikhail Bridges. And a lot of those came off of those Devin Booker passes. So at some point, Devin Booker's like, I'm going to keep dishing you the rock, boy. Keep shooting. Keep shooting. Keep shooting. Brick, 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 brick. And then finally, he's like, okay, now I got to go and try to carry this this team. And he's been carrying it for a couple weeks. And you're starting to see a little bit of that fatigue, don't you? Yeah. And also, he turned his ankle uh, pretty bad last game. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that has to play with play into it at all. It might be something um, that might aggravate him on his jump shot because everything is super, super short. So going 0 for 2 to start the game on very awful looking shots. Defense was good, but Book, I feel like his shots are always very difficult. He gets to his spots, but they look difficult. Unlike Tatum, where it's just ease and over the dudes. Booker always has yeah, to really Tatum's try. Tatum's what, like two or three inches taller than him too? So it's like yeah, he's got that advantage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that Booker having to stress his ankle a little bit more to get those shots off, it might have something to do with that. And there was short on the first two, and then the foul trouble started. Then it's like, are those fouls? Like, uh, like those weren't fouls, but it doesn't matter. Dude. He had four doesn't fouls matter. in the first half, which was insane. You, you just can't have that. I don't care what you're doing. You come back in the second half. Then you have like an aggravation foul that was almost called with uh, Williams down there where they were just pushing, and then Williams like picks him up. And carries him a little bit. So you almost yeah. had the fifth foul right there. And then Booker does get his fifth foul on just some shitty foul where yeah. he tried to stop somebody from going to the lane. So it wasn't any adjustments made on his end. He was in the huddle trying to get his team to trying to get them going. But it's just like, yeah, you can do that. But out on the court, man, you're making bad passes too. A lot of those fast breaks, a lot of the times the Suns would go through these spurts where it's like, pass after pass was just thrown right to the Celtics defender. It was, it wasn't just book. It was everybody, but book mm-hmm. would do it too. So it wasn't like he can lead the team be like lead by example because his game was garbage too. So I don't know what you do in that situation, but sit there on the bench end the game and just tell DA to shut the fuck up. Stop talking. And he's also sitting there. He's like, 
oh, like, is this why is this why LeBron leaves every game early and messes <laughs> the tunnel when we play? He doesn't want to hear his teammates. It's, I couldn't stand that, dude. I kind of wish Book would be able to go into back, dude, and just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Watch. Well, we'll talk a little DeAndre Ayton here. You took it. Take a look at his final box score. You ready for this, Matthew? Don't look at the box score. Don't look. Look at me over here. How many shot attempts did he have I'm this game? Uh, he had, let's say, nine. Okay. He played 24 minutes, so you're going to go with nine. Okay. Going to go nine. Okay. He had eight points, seven rebounds, seven shot attempts, four of seven. Okay. Again, I just... I'm frustrated because I don't think they get him the ball enough. But here's the other here's the other side of that, right? You yeah. know, you take you take a look. He had four turnovers, and some of the jamsters are hitting in the chat. Mario Lopez, Da was getting swarmed in the paint, and if he tries to dribble, the ball is over. Facts. That's what teams are doing. Houston was doing that. Remember, every time he bring the ball down, they were just swatting at it. Right, uh, yeah. Brunus ninety two. He's like Da got passes below his knee. And he, he's got to, you know, throw that shit up to his head. And some of the times they were throwing it up to his head, then he'd bring it down and dribble, and then it was done. Yeah. He was, he's trying to get into that spin move. He's trying to try these moves out. But the challenge that DA's always had is he always carries so much gravity with him that there's always a second defender within a swatting length that he never gets a chance to really put the ball down and do a, a fancy move. He did for like a week, and then people are like, okay, well, I guess we just got to double him every time. But again, like so, so if you go okay, he's got seven shot attempts, he's got four turnovers. That means there's at least eleven entry passes that have occurred to him in a twenty-four minute period. That's right around where it should be, I guess, con- considering the the uh, just take some of those touches, away, I guess, away from uh, um, from Mikael Bridges. But I will say this: yeah. Da looked pretty lost in that first quarter. Whew. I mean, he looked lost, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did. And speaking of LeBron, man, he didn't hustle back for one play on defense, and there was a straight up layup to end the second quarter, yeah. going into halftime. Like that must have fun. Like Monty, soft or not, I don't know. He must have had his ass ripped or chewed apart, dude, going into the locker room. Because I don't know if it, it was him. Ouch! Ripped? Where you rip it apart, you chew it. You, you chew might have it. to cook it. You might yeah. have to cook it. And then you, you put know, it it's back. not too tender. Yeah, <laughs> and you give it to him back. You give it back. Yeah, spit it back up. To, to a baby bird um that's what it had to happen that way right it must have clearly yeah but yeah the hustle wasn't the, and again that's the challenge that we're having over these last couple games you know one he's not getting engaged and I, and I blame the Suns for not doing that but we're starting to see a little bit of that regression and don't get me wrong like he's yeah, not was. the only one he's not the only one who was out there half-assing yeah. it on both ends because when you look up and it's the second quarter and you're going into halftime and the and the score on the scoreboard as you're walking towards that that uh, that tunnel sixty nine to forty two, like guess what? Everyone played a part in that, and exactly. everybody you know the the cha- the the, uh, the opposite side of that argument that everyone's going to make every time this happens, it's like yeah I get that, but he's the one who's getting paid thirty mil. But again, yeah. he he couldn't pass but, he couldn't pass himself the ball. Did you see that one pass no. that Jay, that Jason Tatum had to Jalen Brown like in the paint in like the third? It's like this wraparound pass hit him perfectly right in the hands. He's just like a layup. I'm like, why can't we ever get Da one of those passes? <laughs> no, you know what? I did see a few passes tonight where I'm like, how does that happen with Da? I mean, these guys come in and they play the pick and roll perfectly. And some nights, you know, and most nights, Da can't get that going with anybody, whether it's Cameron Payne or or um or Chris Paul, but also like. 
what DA did tonight, there was a lot of regression. It looked like the old DA before we were calling him Shaq and now anointing him the new Shaqtus. Yeah. Like, I feel like he just, he was doing a, a lot of stuff. He, a lot of easy shots were going in and out too for him. So he was having a hard time there, but he did start off the game two for three. He did turn the ball over early, um, just bringing the ball down. Some of the passes were low, but what you do is you grab them and you bring them up. Anytime mm-hmm. you go against Blake Griffin, man, I was like, all right, Ooh. here we go. Here's a mismatch. Yes. But then it wouldn't happen. It would not happen. And I think maybe it gets in his head. He's like, it should be an easy shot. But it's Blake Griffin. I'm scared. Is he nervous? It's Blake Griffin. That's what it seemed like. I'm like, how are you not getting a better shot than this? And then he would turn the ball over. There was one time where he had the right side, and he does this all the time, man. Yep. The right side to spin, and he would have had a dunk, but he turns left, and everyone's yep. there. And everyone's everyone, there. I know exactly which player you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And everyone's talking about it's crowded down there. Yeah, but DA's the biggest guy down there. He yes. has to keep the ball above his head and just put it back up. You miss it, you miss it. At least you had the ball up above your head, and you just mm-hmm. put it back in. Try to, at least, instead of bringing the ball down, man. Yeah, I just I don't know why he was bringing the ball me. down so much in the in the past three games. He's there four games now. He's done it a bunch where he's bringing it down. And guess what? You're starting to lose some of that efficiency. So yeah. that's one of the one of the things that again, Coach Monty Williams and his staff need to identify and talk to the guy about. Be like, hey man, if you want to be successful, guess what you're gonna have to do? You're gonna have to not bring that ball down. Or if you do, you know, it's okay to put your arm out and dribble, you know, to kind of block the opposition from coming there and just swatting at you left and right. So couple of things observationally that I had in this game uh, rebounds. We did okay. 53 to 49, but I really feel like it was the points in the paint that were killing us. It was, it was we started off. That's how we scored the majority of our, our points right off the bat. Our first 12 points. I think of our first 14 points, 12 were in the paint. The other two were two from the free throw line from Devin Booker. But outside of that, we had 30 the rest of the game and they had 54. So they were just kind of doing whatever, Whenever they want, dude, like it's because Suns would give up. Suns would give up any kind of defense. They, Is you can see it on their face. The effort, they man. were down by like twenty four or something. It's like that's not even that bad. And you're fucking giving up going into halftime and throwing the ball to the Celtics players, like on the offense. Why are you doing this? Like you act like the game's over. Like it's just like game seven. Yeah, it's like is there something they we don't know that's going mouth. on? They got punched in the mouth, and instead of you know kind of doing one of those like. Oh shit! You you wipe your your lip and you look down. You see blood and you get pissed yeah. off and rage. They go, oh, stop hitting me! Stop hitting me! Yeah. Stop hitting me! And that's a couple nights in a row we've seen this. It's that game seven mentality that this team had. They had no fight. They had Nothing. zero fight in this game. They came out. They looked okay. It's tied thirteen a pop, and then they got punched in the face by the best team in the NBA. And they fell down to the ground, and they're just like, stop. And they're like calling to the teacher during recess. They're like, everybody's picking on me. And the teacher's like, sack up, you pussy. And that's exactly what it was all night. We just we couldn't get back. Now, granted, we had the return of the point guard in this game. The point guard. Maybe it's a good thing that this game was so out of hand, so Monty didn't play him 36 fucking minutes in his return. But 24 minutes, 2 of 6 from the field, 0 of 2 from beyond the arc, because everybody was 0 of 2 from beyond the arc, except for Josh Okogie. Uh, he had four points, four assists, four rebounds in this game, four turnovers. So quad quad for Chris Paul on his return. Yeah, welcome back, big man. It's good to see you out there. Um, he did. He started the game off nice with a nice assist to Bridges. That mm-hmm. you know, there was, that was that it. attitude. 
dude, there was that attitude that was there in the first quarter for maybe the first four minutes. The Suns had this. Craig was back. He was blocking shots. Uh, Paul was back running the offense. It looked good. There wasn't anything that I was seeing where I'm like, oh, you know, he's done. You know, CP3's wash. I still don't see that yet, but I don't know what you do with the situation because I don't know how much it is Chris Paul, the other players. Like, do you do you include Chris Paul in a trade or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking about how this team gets better because mm-hmm. going forward, it can needs Chris, to get better. Yeah, it has to get a lot better. And how does, what do you do with Chris Paul? Because I think, can he run this offense? Can he actually help this team win games that actually matter? Do you actually see that happening? Is this something that makes sense to you when you think of it? Like, yeah, I can see Chris Paul hoisting that trophy up, hoisting that trophy up. Hoisting is that, that something trophy. you actually see? I don't see it. What would be great is if in some way, shape, or form, the Suns could pull some deal out, get a quality point guard out of the deal, and have Chris Paul become the, the sixth man, have him become the Malcolm Brogdon. So no more Cameron Ma- Payne? Or- nah, Cameron Payne's okay, but he's not. He's and not, again, like, yeah. like I really am going to delve into the stats t- uh, tomorrow and look at mm-hmm. the first, was it 21 games for the Phoenix Suns or 20 games of the Phoenix Suns? I want to take a look at really who those uh, the, up- the opponents were. And their injuries and things of like that. Like, I want to look because how much of this was fool's gold? Were we knocking off top tier teams in the Western Conference? I don't think so. So I want to see what that looks like. Oh, yeah, we beat Detroit. Like, you're supposed to beat Detroit. But now we have a slate ahead of us that has a lot of these top tier games. And we're really going to know what we have. And if tonight is any barometer of what we have, then we are screwed. And again, there's two things you got to understand. One, it's a post-game pod after the Suns were down by 45 points. So we're going to over – we're not going to react. We're going to overreact. But the Suns, after these last two showings, as an organization, James Jones, he doesn't need to overreact because that's when dangerous things happen. That's when bad trades happen. But you know what he does need to do? He does need to react. And Chris Paul is an asset, good, bad, or indifferent. What he's done for this franchise got us to a finals. Thank you. It's something you have to think about. Now, granted, his contract gets very friendly over the next couple of years, and you don't want to become that organization that gets known for just dishing players to the side, like a Chris Paul. But at the same time, like I- I'm interested to see how he plays in these upcoming games. It's yeah. his first game back, so you can't get a- you can't get overly frustrated. But I will tell you this, Matthew, and tell me if you didn't notice this: the pace of play drastically, dra- and we know it. Yeah. But it's but after watching campaign for what ten games plus run it and at least get the ball up court as quick. We don't get into our offensive sets, you know, with 20 seconds left. This isn't the seven seconds or less era, but just the slow methodical thing. It just wasn't working tonight and it could work moving forward again, first game back. But even as fans, we need to adjust to the fact that Chris Paul's back and it's going to be a slower, more paced out game for the Phoenix Suns. Just get used to it. Yeah, but I feel like a few times he would get the ball up quickly and out of his hands. I really didn't think it was too much slower. I mean, campaign, of course, is a lot quicker than Chris Paul. Just, you know, if you're going to ask him to race each other, yeah, he's faster. But the offense itself, it seemed fine. It seemed like it was moving okay. It seemed like the threes were there early. Nothing was falling, really. Yeah, that's so that's why I didn't, That's why I didn't want to bring up pace because I feel like I didn't see it that big of a difference. But also, like, so... Chris Paul, if he is, if we do trade him, I know you're talking about you don't just dish players aside. And I'm not saying I want to trade Chris Paul, but I just want a championship. And if that means you trade Chris Paul to get SGA or you get KD or something like that, and you have to involve Chris Paul, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't look bad on the Suns' part. Chris Paul was here longer than he was 
went OKC and that he's here just as long as he was with the Rockets. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he's towards the end of his career. He's not who he used to be. He knows that this season he realizes that. So I don't think it's a big deal to kind of see what is out there, what we can get for Chris Paul. It would have to be an SGA or KD. Like you can't get rid of him for anything less than that because it would have to be someone that can replace him ball handling and scoring wise. But I don't know what you can do to make either one of those players happen because how does it benefit OKC? OKC is a team that's in the process of rebuilding and they have a superstar in their hands. That's the one guy they won't get rid of. They might get rid of. I know, but they're crazy franchise, man. They are, but I don't yeah. see any way, shape, or form where they do a deal to get Chris Paul a million assets, draft picks, because the Suns have all their own draft picks. But even the fact that they have their own draft picks is somewhat devalued considering the fact that this is a team that's trying to compete for a championship. So it's not like you have a Lakers asset where it's like, oh, shit, that could be potentially a lottery pick. Or you have somebody like you know Utah or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's not – we have a bunch of assets, but are they truly valuable? On paper, yes, but true NBA value, probably not. So something to keep an eye on. I'm really interested to see because, you know, then there's the whole, well, we're easing Chris Paul into the rotation. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be some growing pains with that for this team. And, and Suns fans, just buckle up. Like, we have a tough schedule ahead of us. Games like tonight are going to happen. There's a reason why I said this team's going to win 49 games at the beginning of the season. So uh, real quick. We do have a new sponsor. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're called DraftKings. So we always have to do a little audio read on that. You know what? I just thought I'd make a fun little commercial instead. You looking to make some cold, hard cash? Visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Who doesn't love a good same-game parlay? Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Win enough money, and who knows, Jamsters, maybe we can buy the franchise from Robert Sarver. There you go. Well, that didn't cheer everybody up. I hope that cheered everybody That was funny. That was awesome, dude. You enjoy that? Yeah, it's looking great, dude. <laughs> if you're oh. listening to the pod, eh, head over to the to the YouTube feed. Yeah, come check, watch it. Check it out. It'll it'll make you laugh. See, yeah. Luke Carter gets He's like, ha, 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 ha. And Alex says it's a nice commercial, so... Yeah, go to go to DraftKings, do that, use the promo code, all that fun stuff. The warden. The warden. The warden, the warden. Again, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, his final stat line tonight, two of twelve from the field for four points. He had three total rebounds. He had zero assists, one steal. And in a game like this, where you're going against Everything went wrong. We know that right off the bat. You're going against Jason Tatum, who he's going to primarily guard. He's going to get switched on to Jalen Brown. And even in that scenario, didn't necessarily have a a strong performance either on either one of them. Offensively, he was a zero. Defensively, he was a zero. Is there any room for concern with Mikael Bridges over these last two games? Yeah, I think just this season. um, There's a lot of games where I watch him and 
I don't want to trade anybody at all, but I'm always just thinking, I'm like, well, if we include him in a trade, I'll be fine because he just disappears a lot. He does in these games and he's the first player in these games where he just can't really make a difference. It's like he can hit the corner three. Okay. The, the one thing he does is when he's hot, he can hit the corner three, mm-hmm. but if that's not falling, he doesn't do much else tonight. He's trying to get to the rim. And a lot of those were just coming in and out. Like a lot of the players out there clinking off the back of the rim. Um, you can't ask him to do too much. It just sucks to watch a team like the Celtics where they have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, that are just all-star superstars. Jason Tatum is a superstar. And mm-hmm. they just can get whatever they want offensively, and you're looking for that other score. So, of course, we know that's not McHale, but it's like I always think I'm like, who is that player I would be okay giving up to get that score that we need? I'm not saying for a Kuzma, but before a higher God, echelon kind of player – it would be maybe Mikhail because I just think in these games where they're tough and these, these, the Celtics are not tall. A lot of them aren't tall. They're not, they're like, they're not, they're not seven feet, but they're, no, big. but they're, they're, they thick. can fuck you up. They're thick. Yeah. And you can't move them. You can't do anything with them. Mikhail has no chance in these games. That, that was my observation over the last two games is physicality obviously is not going to benefit Mikhail. And when you go against the Luka Doncic's, when you have to go against Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, and granted, like the only scenario we would go against those guys is in the NBA Finals, but he would be toast. He would be cooked. He doesn't have the physicality to play with those guys. And that's okay, but you have to call it what it is. And that's exactly what it is, is while he is a great defender and has the ability and has has shown us recently that he can put points on the board. I mean, don't, don't be... Don't let it be lost in you that he scored 22 points against the Houston Rockets. He had 20 points against the San Antonio Spurs. Earlier in the season, he had 25 against the Lakers. So he had 31 against Minnesota. So, I mean, he can put points on the board. Like you said, though, Matthew, when he can get hot. Tonight, much akin to the entire Phoenix Suns, he wasn't hot offensively. So I would say the thing that I'm, I've noticed over these past few games is from if we're going against a team that has that is big, from a physicality standpoint, he can't. He can't be the effective Mikhail defensively. We need him to be effective offensively. Had he been effective offensively in this game, I feel they would have fared a lot better. Because again, first quarter, he was one of five. You know, second quarter, he was one of six. So if you want to talk about where the offensive weak spot was in this game, everybody stop. Look to the left. Look to the right. And understand it was Mikhail Bridges. He's the one who just buried us offensively. Now, don't get me wrong. The rest of the team, had, Booker had a tough time shooting. They yeah, weren't getting the ball yeah. to DA. But your tertiary score was 2 of 11 in the first half. That's a huge. It's a huge reason yeah. why you're in that offensive hole. This is crazy, man. I mean, I know Chris Paul's back. Maybe this is the, maybe this is what it all is. Just that Chris Paul's back. We just need to wait a little bit. Maybe that's it. But it's just crazy that this was a finals team two years ago. And we have losses like this back-to-back. And it just looks like a team that's so lost still. It's like, what are you lost? You're playing a Celtics team that was in the finals last year. Of course, they're going to be tough. But it is crazy that you look like the Houston Rockets or the San Antonio Spurs out there that doesn't have a chance, a fighting chance against the Mm -hmm. Celtics team. Who, just really quick, do you hate any of these Celtics players? I can't hate any of them. Grant Williams. I I don't like Grant Williams. He's an asshole. Yeah, I don't like Grant Williams, but you're right. Grant Williams is an asshole. Jason Tatum. Stays quiet, doesn't do shit, just plays his game. I have been very vocal in the past on my frustrations with Jason Tatum, not necessarily due to his talent, but due to the fact that I felt like the NBA shoving him down our throat, saying this is the next guy. I have nothing to say this year, man. The guy's a fucking amazing. I He's saw it last year in the playoffs, man. too. Like, respect to him yeah. in the playoffs. 
I, when I watched the Celtics in the playoffs last year, Grant Williams went to Duke. Both of those guys went to Duke. And Duke guys just annoy me naturally. It's like a DNA disposition that I have. But I can't stand Grant Williams. But everybody else, like Jalen Brown, I love Jalen Brown. Always have. I always felt he me was too. very underrated. Uh, I like Al Horford, who we didn't see play. I like Robert Williams, who we didn't see play tonight. I hate Blake Griffin. That's one guy I can't stand. The punchable face of Blake. But, then, but like, he doesn't do anything now. He just... Funny. He doesn't even try it. Like he, he's not even a flopper really anymore. He just oh, he, tries he to stay flopped, in the he, game. He flopped early in the game. He, he flopped actually thing. on the tip off. On yeah. The, on the tip yeah. ball, he flopped. So what am he's I talking like, about? Yeah. So I mean, he's still trying to defend this guy. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't even try to don't even try to do that. One guy who did play good today had a career high twenty eight points, highest score for the Phoenix Suns. Josh. Oh. Okay, okay, I say 28 points, 28 points for Josh Okoge, eight of 14 from the field. And this is how you know you're in the twilight zone, Matthew. He was four of six from beyond the arc. The Phoenix Suns were eight of 32. Josh Okoge was four of six. So that's right there. He was eight of 10 from the free throw line. He put up a 28 and seven tonight. You're going to look at his statistics all year long and something's going to be skewed. And, and you, but, oh yeah, he had that game against Boston where like, he just he he got all the shots and he was on them. So good for him. Yeah, good 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 game. It, it does suck though. He's like the only player that you can look forward to offensively, defensively hitting the first three um, of the game. It's mm-hmm. insane. He went hot. Only the one end of the his, first half. Yeah, the bench was actually rooting him on, which was pretty cool. They were rooting him on. It's it's nice to see that kind yeah, of a little horrible. bit. You don't want to be in that situation, but. Uh, Okogi's he's impressive right now, man. He's doing a lot of things where I, when he's out there, I'm like, wait, is that Tory Craig? That's Tory Craig stuff he's doing out yeah, there. Yeah, it is. is. He's getting those offensive rebounds sometimes. He's he's like he's finding his way into the lane just to try to get not a box out, but just try to steal a rebound. He's doing stuff like that still. So he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of minutes. I knew in this game the way he came out in the second quarter. I'm like, he's gonna get a lot of minutes this game. I didn't realize it'd be over two minutes later. But <laughs> when I was like, he's gonna get a lot of minutes tonight because he's looking good, man. He's the only guy I can look forward to watching on this team. It's crazy. Games like this, it's the weirdest thing to see one player that's always just hustling the whole time. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's him all the time, though. If you could bottle up the energy that he's had over his this latest stretch and and inject it into the veins of his fellow teammates, this team would be competitive. He's the only one. I mean, he's yeah. out there blocking shots and hitting threes and just looking fantastic. And the rest of the team is just like, oh, yeah, let's cheer for Josh because he's the only one who's fucking trying. It's just like, <laughs> you know, it's it's <laughs> great to see. over though. there biting his fingernails. It's great. It's great yeah. to see, though. One thing that I found yeah. was was interesting in this game, and he, he only played in 13 minutes. Was Damian Lee didn't even shoot a three. I feel like Damian Lee's like, yo, you know, like I'm shooting like 48% from beyond the arc. I'm not going to waste any threes in this game because something's fucked up here. There's some bad juju in here tonight. I'm not even going to try to contribute offensively. We're down 45 as it is. So what's the point? Yeah, I didn't even notice him tonight. I noticed that he was trying to play defense, like switching around with um with Mikhail and Akoki at the same time on Jason Tatum. Like it didn't matter. But we yeah. talked about last pod how Lee is a good defender where he can wrap himself around these guys without getting the foul, which was nice. But I didn't notice him offensively, obviously. It wasn't shot anything. One shot. I feel like I just got in such a deep dark hole this game where I didn't matter who was out there. Or I didn't have anything to look forward to tonight other than being here with the Jamsters and hanging out. Yeah, hanging out after a 29-point loss. I'll tell you who was having a good time. That Boston Celtics subreddit. 
the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So for those of you who don't know, we like to hang out on the subreddit of the opposition to hear what their team and their fans are thinking of the game. Uh, clearly, I just have a beanie next to my computer, and it's what I put on every time. I was going to bring out the wig, but then I forgot because I was just so mad. So here's what was being said. Here's what was being said. The first one, we look pretty good considering we're missing both our bigs. Aiden, too soft to take advantage of his mi- massive mismatch. Next comment. Yep. Aiden is soft. Booker's overgroomed face uh. is very punchable. Yep. What does that mean, overgroomed? It's just the the hairs, they're just perfectly all the way down. I mean, he can't grow gotcha. a beard. You know what I mean? So he has to make sure it's just all the way down, looking nice. Gotcha. Uh Chris Ball. Chris Paul went to the bench and the Suns stopped scoring immediately. Suns just got absolutely brog dogged. <laughs> that was pretty dude. funny. Brogdog. We did get Brogdog in this game, dude. Malcolm Brogdon, 19 minutes, had 16 points on seven of nine shooting, two of four from beyond the arc. He had five assists, three rebounds. The, the what makes this team so scary is the fact that Malcolm Brogdon is their sixth man. They have the ability to bring Malcolm Brogdon, a guy who we wanted in Phoenix, fuck, since like 2017. We wanted him on here. Or we wanted him on this yeah. team. And he's yeah. out there playing six man for them and they're loving it. They're loving it. Yeah, he he overshadows pain by a lot. Not like they were head to head all night, but he got the eight straight points. You couldn't stop him. He was getting to the rim at will, man. He's a big dude. He's a big little guy that can get to where yeah. he wants and he can move that ball. He's a great backup. Should be a starting point guard in the league, but he has injury issues. He does, but I mean again, you limit his minutes by having him come off the bench. It's just it's it's very true. Malcolm Brogdon is is going to be very very big for this team. Very big for this team. Uh, Booker can't beat Brown on offense and can't stop Brown on defense. LOL. That was a fact tonight. He yeah. got owned. Brown played him out of the game, man. He, he was drawing out of the fouls game. and Book had no chance against him. That sucks because that's their second best player. And you, yeah, I know. And you think about it. Think about Jalen Brown. You see all that shit he was talking. Nope. Not I was that type was of player. <laughs> Not at all. Him and Jason Tatum. That's the thing about this team. I, I, I respect teams that aren't out there just, you know, that's why Grant Williams drives me crazy. He's he's their little shit talker. Marcus Smart's a little shit still talker. still need that. You still need the Draymond because, you yep. know what I mean? Oh, you always goals. do. Yep. Every team does. The, the Suns are without one right now. That that was Jay Crowder. It was Jay Crowder. You know, DeAndre ain't, ain't doing that. The one time he did, he stood over a player. He got pushed by Pat Bev into, like, the first row. Devin Booker can be that player. We don't want him to be because he gets thrown out of games. You don't need he gets the best tech- player to be it. <laughs> He's out of the game. You know? Does anything. Yep. So you need to you, – your your stars should be calm and quiet because those are the scary ones, and that's that's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for sure. Uh, somebody said, so does the NBA have a mercy rule? Then somebody responded, this game is a testament to just how awful the Western Conference is now. This is the top team. No yeah. longer – the Suns play the top. T- no, the Suns play the top team oh, on Friday, the Pelicans. And the last thing that I I noticed in the Celtics subreddit, Suns team practice going to be ugly tomorrow. I hope it is because I, I feel like it wasn't ugly after they lost to the Mavericks based on their performance tonight. So there you go, Jamsters. The subreddit stakeout.
the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. And now time to give out some hardware. Jam star of the game. Jam star of the game. Well, I'll give a shout out to Corey Flynn in the super chat. Dropped a dollar ninety nine and asked the question: Who is our run DMC glasses coach? Jamal Crawford. I don't rightly know. Maybe somebody can answer that in the chat. Do you know what that means? Yes, it's the the coach that we have on the Phoenix Suns who wears the glasses like Run does. <laughs> oh, from Run yeah, DMC. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not okay. Jamal Crawford, though. It's not Jamal Crawford. Uh, Jam Star, Josh Akogian, we just call it a day? Yep. Okay. Let's do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, low Suns, me, because I stopped watching and was less depressed. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, amen to that. I even tweeted out. I'm like, if I didn't have to do this podcast, I would have been in bed two hours ago, man. This, yeah. That was that was embarrassing. Next up for the Phoenix Suns, a back-to-back, not necessarily back-to-back, but a an away-away two-game set in New Orleans against, as of the aforementioned, top of the Western Conference, New Orleans Pelicans. Matthew, is anything going to get better this week? Jay Crowder's coming back. He's playing yeah. against the Pelicans. Fuck Jay Crowder shirts come back and he's gonna pump this team yeah, up right. and we're gonna lose. The fans are uh, gonna be wearing them. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it's I was watching some of the Pelicans game, and you know, Aiden's the number one pick, Zion's the number one pick. Um, you can still hear like some of the announcers there like talking about Zion needs to do this, he needs to do this. You know how EJ kind of critiques what Aiden does during the game? Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing with Zion. So Zion, yeah, picks up puts up big numbers, but they still expect a lot more from this dude. Um, so Aiden, you're gonna have your handful with him. You're gonna have yeah. your handful with um uh, whatever that other dude's name, the big <laughs> the other Jonas Valanciunas, Valen Big V, and you're yeah. gonna have Alvarado around your knees trying to grab the ball around. So you pull that ball down one time, dude, you're benched. Just once, because Alvarado's going to be there. He's going to take it away from you. You know what I mean? So he's going to have a lot to deal with this game. I don't know how you come back from tonight and you go play a Pelicans team, which I fear even more because I didn't really watch the Celtics yet. Mm -hmm. I'm just scared to play that team. But we'll we'll see. Ingram's out maybe. So who knows? The difference is the Celtics I knew coming in, I'm like, I I chalked this one up to a loss. I think that that team is just insane right now. The challenge with the Pelicans is, one, this is a team that you have to play twice in a row. And two, you know, this is a team that's motivated to play you, right? Like Boston, their, their talent was going to get them through this game. They weren't motivated to play us like Dallas was. Dallas looks at Phoenix as a rival. New Orleans looks at Phoenix as the team that bounced them out of the playoffs last year. They This is an opportunity for them to prove to themselves like, hey, we're better than that team. We played them very well in a six-game series. We, we ultimately lost it. But you know what? We feel like we're better now. Zion is a beast, and he is uh, an eight and kryptonite kind of guy. Right, both of them are Big V and Zion because they play physical, and Da for the majority of his career, outside of like the last you know a week and a half stretch in November of 2022, is a finesse and not physical player. So it'll be interesting to see how that matchup occurs. I just I'm, I'm preparing myself for a dark weekend, a couple losses. I can definitely see it happening. What we'll happens? The Rockets in- after that. And then we play the Clippers. So we, but if we lose to the Pelicans, let's say we lose one game by 20, one game by the next game by like five, it's a closer game. What happens? Like, is there something? I know we can't trade anybody, but 
Almost. Is somebody just pissed off? Is there going to be something like a headline where Booker says something or Monty's under the fire? Who no, knows? What, what do you think is going to happen? Not with this team. This team is too mature, cool, calm, collected. I think that they do a good job of keeping things in-house. So we're not going to get the big headlines. We're not going to get the big oh shit moment. The oh shit moment's going to come if and when James Jones makes a transaction. Because the one thing that we've been blessed with at the front end of this season is the Suns have played well enough to where we haven't really had to go, well, James, when are you trading Jay? We need an asset. We're missing something. We're missing something. The Suns have survived injuries thus far this season, and and they're still second in the Western Conference. Now, that being said, they're second in the Western Conference eh, with a little bit of variance, but not much wiggle room. Because now they are two games from being the seventh team in the Western Conference, which is the Dallas Mavericks. They are a half game behind New Orleans and the Utah Jazz, who are the sixth seed, tied with the Sacramento Kings. Well, the Kings are the fifth seed by percentage points. But both of those teams are two and a half games behind New Orleans. So the Suns are only two games better than them. We can go on a pretty quick slide here, and all of a sudden we're the seventh seed. That can happen real quick, real quick. And then everyone starts going, okay, James... When you train Jay, we need an asset. We need something. We need to get something in here to stop the bleeding because that's what I'm afraid of right now. I'm afraid of some bleeding. That loss to Houston sucked because I knew that, yeah, we played the Spurs the next day, but you take a look at the Suns' upcoming schedule and you start to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. This could get out of hand really quick. Again, they played Dallas, a team that's playing better. They lost to them. They played tonight against Boston. They get destroyed by them. They go back-to-back against the New Orleans Pelicans. Then they're at Houston. Then they're at the Clippers. Then they come home. They play the Pelicans again. Then they got the resurgent Lakers. You got a pesky Wizards team. Then you got Memphis on on two days before Christmas. Then you got the Nuggets on Christmas. Then you got Memphis again. Then you got the Wizards again. The Raptors who are tough. The Knicks, you know, Cleveland, Miami. There's not a lot of easy outs in the NBA. You got to figure something out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, when you watch a team like tonight where they still look like they have a lot of issues and we can chalk it down to, hey, Chris Paul came back. They're trying to get things back. Chris Cameron Payne coming off the bench again. That might be something where he's just not used to because once you're a starter for, what was it, 10 games, 11, 12 games, then you're you're kind of cruising. You kind of feel good by now, right? You kind of feel good as a starter. Now you're back yeah. on the bench. So a lot, of things, a lot of things were adjusted. Um, so I think we just got to hold tight, even though I tried to trade about three different players tonight, just hold tight. And I'm thinking we're going to lose again by 20. It might not be the case. If the game is slowed down, maybe against the Pelicans, if DA can be like he was a week ago, that would be a more competitive game Friday night. It would be a game where we wouldn't want to turn off at halftime, but that's up to DA. That's up to to Booker to really get his shot to go down in the first quarter because he's Mr. First Quarter. He's always mm-hmm. a guy to get 10 points in the first quarter to set the tone. When you're missing mm-hmm. that, it sucks. We need Mikhail to actually be that scorer sometimes to force the issue at the rim. If we get that, we'll be back to normal again. But until then, it's going to be a little rough. It's going to be interesting to see how they navigate this upcoming schedule. Uh, a couple names that I wanted to bring up when we talk about the trade market. One, I saw some of the Jamsters were talking about it a little bit earlier in the chat, was Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton playing for the Utah Jazz. Thoughts on Colin Sexton? I like how you said, yeah. Tell me about that. 
Well, he's the worst part of Sexland, dude. When you he had was. Colin Sexton and uh, Darius Garland. No. Um, if you want to be more, fr- I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something with him, but I can't stand watching the guy. I think he's. A ball I, ball. I can't. He's not. He plays. I mean, if we watch Christian Wood play the other night, that's the guy that plays by himself. I feel like Sexton's the same thing. But then also, yeah. someone might show me like, oh, he has six assists per game. What I see on the floor is someone that plays his own game. The Suns absolutely do not need that right now. So I don't know where that comes from. Mario Lopez. Was that Mario Lopez? Was that you? Been, you little been, stink. It might have been Mario. <laughs> but I've also stink. seen it on Twitter. You know, some people are talking about because Utah's a team that's starting to really regress and they're it's assumed that they're gonna trade off some of their assets. That might be one of the assets where they're gonna try to get a drop in it too. Uh yeah, that ain't happening. I wish. What about Kyle Kuzma? That's the other name. Yes, absolutely. I would, it's not going to happen. It would be great if they if it, it would be yeah. And then you keep hearing stuff. You keep but it's hearing like, how stuff. How do you Sham, make that happen? Sham yeah. said it again that we're looking into them, but this stuff always is sent out there for some reason, and nothing ever happens. So, yeah, Mario Lopez is like, yes, we need another score. I get it, but like, Colin Sexton is just like having campaign again. Like, he can score. But like he's a black hole on offense. Like he's not initiating the offense in any way, shape, or form. So if you want to get another score, why don't you get somebody who's got you know more than one skill set? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right, we haven't done this one in a while, but on a very traumatic day like this, do it. Let's do some childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. What do you want to talk about? Did no one have? No one had oh. no one had any suggestions. Somebody oh, said Cam, Cam Reddish. Reddish. No, no one Cam. No, guys, I saw he's been Zona a project. talking about that too. Yeah, he's been a project in like everywhere he goes. He just just bringing another project. Um, <laughs> childhood trauma. Oh. What do you what do you want to talk about? Let's uh, you know what? One came to mind. I don't know how, but uh, okay. water water parks. I'm sure you have one with water parks, right? Maybe. Not growing up. No, so I, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, and San Dimas was not too far from us. San Dimas is where Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure takes place. You know, in quotations, they filmed a lot of it out here. But okay. we were always too poor. No one ever took us to water. My, my parents never took us to water parks. Now, granted, growing up in Southern California, you don't go to a water park. You go to the beach. Right. So maybe True. I could do some beach trauma. But tell me a little, bit about, beach. Your, <laughs> me a little bit about your, your water, water park hey, trauma. Yeah. So we were poor, too. It's just we still did things. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, dropped off places. it was a. It was a big water slides. Uh, I remember going the first time to Big Surf. If anybody remembers Big Surf, it's been oh, yeah. closed down, I feel like, for five years now. I don't think there's one around. Um, going up the biggest water slide, and I remember walking all the way to the top because it's a spinning little little stair. Not stairs, just like the way to get up there, the pathway, and it goes around and around and around, about two stories high, it seems like. So yeah. you get all the way up there, and I chicken out. I chicken oh, out. I have no. my raft with me. I have my raft with me. How old were you? Um, I can barely remember. So probably like twenty six. No, <laughs> I was probably like seven, six or seven or something like that. It, I was super young, dude. Yeah, but six um, or seven year old Matthew finally get to the top. And did you like cry or were you just like no? No, no so I, I just I I didn't cry. I just I went back, and the worst part was walking back down, and you faced everybody on the way down, yes, and they knew oh you were leaving, God. and everyone was giving me shit. Everyone was calling me a baby. They were uh, saying, "Wow, like, <laughs> where are you going, dude? You're too scared." What? Like, even adults, adult males with their hot girlfriends, 
like just giving me shit. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not doing this, dude. Oh, I got sucks. up there, I chickened out. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. And one time my boob fell out. But that's about it. Well, I mean, you know, you got to you got to contain those babies. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. Corey Flynn in the chat says, yo, Bill and Ted filmed at Sunsplash in Mesa. And it was also filmed at Coronado High School. But the the fictional, the, those fictional characters were, fr- you know, in San Dimas. That's where they were supposed to be. They filmed every, the majority oh, of in Arizona. Okay. But uh, I guess I can throw a beach story out there again. Growing up, go, always going out to the beach. I remember one time my dad, uh, he, he had these green flippers he used to always wear. I was sitting on the beach one time. I was probably about, you know, six years old. My dad loved the ocean, so he used to take us all the time. And one time he's like, hey, I'm just going to go for a swim in the ocean. And he went swimming, and he kept swimming. And he kept swimming to the point where, like, I couldn't see him anymore. It was myself and my brother, Paul, who's, like, three years younger than me. So he's, like, three. And I just sat there and cried. I thought my dad left me in the ocean. It's like, you, you ever <laughs> seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they go to uh, – yeah. Yeah, um, Jersey Shore. Um, Jersey Shore. Yeah, and Charlie's like, him. so what's on the other side of that? And they're like, well, it's Europe, Charlie. It's like, so I like, don't think about swimming to Europe. In my head, <laughs> my dad was swimming to Japan or something. And I just remember crying. And he came back and he was frustrated because I would have been crying. And then another time when I was at the beach, we're in Malibu. And Malibu's got these very, these huge rocks. And you can kind of climb through these cliff rocks, if you will. And I came out on the other side and they were doing like a Playboy photo shoot or something there. And they you know, they had like, you know, naked ladies and like, this, oh, all this, yeah. This stuff. Yeah. I was like, that, that was pretty cool. I was like, that's the first naked chick I ever saw. I feel like, dad. did you tell me that before? Or did I see that in a movie or something? I think I, I think told I you. I, th- I think oh, I, was telling, I, f- I was telling that story to somebody recently. And my dad was like hitting on the models as they were climbing. There's a bunch of stairs you got to go up there. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty back fun. Back in the day, right? Back back in the day. Every, everyone was naked and yeah. slipping through and my, things. And... Yeah, you know, th- your boob fell out. Their boob was out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's circular. So there you go. Childhood <laughs> trauma. Uh, next next podcast will be coming to you live after the Suns play the Pelicans on Friday. Again, pretty fun being a part of the ba- Basketball Podcast Network. So make sure you subscribe, yeah. rate, and review. Head over to... Uh, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe there. If you're watching this on YouTube at any time, please hit that thumbs up button while you're there. We didn't suck tonight. Hopefully it's just the suns. Uh, but until Friday, everyone, uh, have a good week. Have a good rest of your week. Keep your boobs in, in check. Okay. Yeah. Go home and love your draft kings. <laughs>